Ladies and gentlemen, sickos and the normies, welcome back to the Landy Lodge, where on today's episode, we're talking about some of the most exciting news we've gotten in months, if you're a gamer. The PlayStation held an event this past Wednesday and blew everybody's nips off. And specifically, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy 16 and why I think it's exactly what Square Enix could use right now. But before we get into any of that, we have some people we need to thank. Those people being the Sages of the Lodge, those who donate every month to keep the Lodge a-moving. Thank you very much to all of you, being Alex Pamal, David Fries, Shane Thomas Driscoll, Chris Perkowski, Corey Barchat, Scott Castellano, the family... Andrew Parker, Nick Taborski, Charlotte Astry, Kevin McBride, Michael Fay, Richard Arnold, Luigi Peppercorn, and Andrew Clay. Thank you all very much for your kind monthly donation. It is always appreciated, though just know lending me your ear is all I ever ask. Now, moving on. Before we talk about Final Fantasy 16 specifically, I just want to say Sony absolutely knocked it out of the park. I was getting a little suspicious of them because it seemed like they were being awfully quiet, especially considering they had a system that was coming out in two months before this past Wednesday. They had two months before. Um, and they had done a good job of showing us some exclusives, some games that were coming, whether it was the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel or whether it was Ratchet and Clank. But it was still a little bit on the lighter end. But man, after this Wednesday, Microsoft's in trouble. And I'm biased. I prefer Sony to Microsoft, so it's worth mentioning that. But I can't help but think Microsoft is in trouble because Sony already has pieced together a really versatile exclusive library for their next-gen console. Whether you're looking at Resident Evil 8, the, this new Harry Potter open-world game, uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel, the Ratchet and Clank, the Final Fantasy, uh, God of War. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So... Sony absolutely knocked it out of the park. I think Microsoft is in big trouble when it comes to the next gen. But at the end of the day, it's nothing that can't be changed with one or two good years of publishing some, <clears throat> publishing some games. So, let's talk about Final Fantasy 16. I think this is the exact game Square Enix needs right now. And I'll tell you why. When it comes to... Obviously, I'm sure many would agree. When it comes to... The mainline Final Fantasy adventures, looking at, say, Final Fantasy 13 and Final Fantasy 15, um, the games have been a little bit lacking in quality. And that's not to say that they haven't been good games, but Final Fantasy is known for being at the forefront of the JRPG genre, for, for breaking boundaries and horizons. And if we're being honest, Final Fantasy 13 and 15 didn't really do a whole lot of that. Now, as somebody who enjoyed both those games, I can say um, they definitely could have been better. Uh, but Square Enix, in my opinion, absolutely knocked it out of the park with Final Fantasy VII Remake, especially with their combat system. It was impeccable. But the truth is, that's remaking a game that was already made. When it comes to mainline Final Fantasy and moving the series forward numerically... They've taken a few missteps, but I think Square Enix is learning. 
because one thing has worked really well in the Final Fantasy series in the last 10 years, and that's Final Fantasy XIV, which has a huge audience and is one of the biggest MMOs in gaming today. So what did these sons of bitches do? They brought in Naoki Yoshida, the director of Final Fantasy XIV, better known as Yoshi P among the fans, so we'll call him Yoshi P from here on out. They brought in Yoshi P to be at the forefront of this series. Now, Naoki Yoshida has worked on many games in the past. For some context, for those of you who may be listening or watching, uh, he's worked on a lot of Dragon Quest games. Uh, he's worked on several Final Fantasy games, including 11 and 15. Um, but he had been bouncing back and forth between Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest for the most part. And if we're looking at his resume here, Final Fantasy XIV is probably the most impressive thing I'm looking at. So they're striking the pan while it's hot. Yoshi P is on a roll. He's in a groove. So they've come and they've given him the keys to the mainline Final Fantasy title. And I think it's smart because they're going with what's working. So he's not the only worthy name on this project. There's also a man by the name of Hiroshi Takai who's working on this game, and he's actually the director. Um, now, what is it that, uh, let's see, let me pull up his resume here. He's only ever directed one game before, and it was The Last Remnant on Xbox 360. Um, now, I never played The Last Remnant, but I, I, I glanced over at the Metacritic and I bounced around the internet and seeing it seems to be a pretty generally well-received game. Um, but it's peculiar to me that this guy was picked as the director. You know, Yoshi P is technically just the producer. At least that's what the information is reflecting right now. Maybe that changes. But apparently this guy, Hiroshi Takai, is the director. And from what I can see, he was the assistant director on Final Fantasy XIV Online um, with A Realm Reborn. And he was a development supervisor for the campaign of Stormblood. Um, it seems to me... The Yoshi P is bringing in somebody who's under his wing. Now, I don't know. I could just be spitballing here. But I feel like he got this job because of how closely he's probably worked with Yoshi P on Final Fantasy XIV. So what I'm seeing here is an absolute commitment from Square to go with what's working. And that's not to say the other stuff isn't working. But when it comes to Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy XIV succeeded in a way that Final Fantasy XV didn't. So they're taking this director of Final Fantasy XIV with somebody who's worked closely with him, and they're putting it headfirst into Final Fantasy XVI. And now I want to tell you exactly why, outside of that just being them going with what's working, another reason why I think this is exactly what the series needs and exactly what Square Enix needs is that it's a real change in art style. And I mean that in a lot of ways. Let's go with, what, <clears throat> let's go with what's obvious first. Recently, over the recent years of Final Fantasy, we're seeing a blend of science and magic. That's what we're looking at, is we get some marriage between science and magic. There's a lot of steampunk influence in there. It just seems to be working with both, like, the mysteries of the past and the mysteries of the future, kind of into one. Um, this one's taking things a different level. We're going high fantasy. We're going back to a more medieval setting, which... The roots of the Final Fantasy series are dug in that sort of time frame, that sort of medieval setting. I mean, with the exception of maybe 12, we haven't seen something like this since, say, Final Fantasy IX. But 
what makes this so much different than Final Fantasy IX is this is going to be a way more mature approach. And mature doesn't mean better. Just because something is a more mature approach, quote-unquote, doesn't make it better. But just from the glancing at this trailer, man, there is blood everywhere. We've got blood on a child's face as he screams into the heavens and turns into some sort of demon. You know what I'm saying? We don't see a lot of that in Final Fantasy IX. It has its dark and mature moments, but this one is on the nose with its art style, with its direction. And I think we see another significant change in direction. Now, when you think of Square, some of Square Enix's flagship titles, right? What do you think of? You think of your uh, Kingdom Hearts. You think of your Dragon Quest. You might even be thinking of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now, what do these games all sort of have in common? If you ask me what I'd sum it up to, is that they have this blend of silly and serious. It's, they, they will, like, all of those series, all of those franchises, have a knack for just being next-level ridiculous, silly, over-the-top, goofy, and they completely own it. And that's one of the things that makes all of those series so adored, is they completely uh, own that silliness. Um, and then they'll have their moments where they get really, really serious, you know? Or tackle serious themes, or tackle serious circumstances. So you see this blend of just like silliness and seriousness on a scale of 70-30, 60-40, 50-50, depends on the game, depends on the series. Um, I'm not seeing very much silliness here with Final Fantasy 16. This is new. There's not very much silliness or goofiness going on here. Um, there is a very noticeable absence of that, at least in this trailer. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer, you've got this adorable little Moogle riding this Chocobo into battle, and it's colorful, it looks great, it's funny. It's awesome, right? Here we got people riding Chocobos into battle like they're war horses. And they're not pulling any punches with this. You know what I'm saying? We're seeing motherfuckers get stabbed right through the chest. So... I don't know, man. It's a it's a sharp turn into a much more serious tone that's been missing from the mainline Final Fantasy series. And look, you're allowed to have your taste. You can choose to prefer that. You can choose not to prefer that. But where I think they have a very unique opportunity here is because Final Fantasy VII Remake is being made and because that new series is fleshing itself out and we can look forward to future titles, it makes room for a much more serious approach. Because if you're... So, like, personally, my personal tastes, I love that blend of serious and silly. It's why I gravitate to Kingdom Hearts. It's why I gravitate to Legend of Zelda. It's why I gravitate to Persona. Those blends of silly and serious. It, it's, it's my jam. But here's my thing. There's plenty of that to go around. Between Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Dragon Quest, Square Enix has enough of this blend of silly and serious to go around. What they can do here now is go all in on a dark, mature, serious story. Now let me be clear. Just because you're dark, mature, and serious doesn't mean you're good. You can be dark, mature, and serious and be tacky and a load of shit. Okay? Put lipstick on a pig. Still a pig, motherfucker. So, 
just because they're going in this direction doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. But if they can make it work, if it can be really good, then this would get not only give the Final Fantasy series moving forward some momentum, but now there's this room for this dark, mature, serious story. Which is funny because I think they Yoshi P was asked in an interview not too long ago um, what he would do if put in charge of Final Fantasy 16. And I think he did say he would do a high fantasy setting. Which, you know, I think is pretty cool. Um, it's been missing from the series. You know, I, I like the blend of science and technology too. But I think a, retur a return to a more magical medieval realm is going to feel rather fresh. So, in my opinion, this is everything Square Enix needs right now. They've got the serious, silly thing on lock. Let's do this. Let's go all in on something dark, disturbing, mature, serious. They can do it now. So now let's talk a little bit about what we saw in that trailer. Um, whew, I mean, I don't even know where to start. There's so much. I guess let's just start with the combat. So there's something I... Something worth noting is, um, I, you know, we saw some of the combat, which looks great. Like, just let, let me go out on a limb and say that. The combat looks pretty freaking cool, man. Like, it looks pretty awesome. Looks much better than 15s. It looks like it's going along the same lines as, the, as 15 with these sort of warp strikes and stuff like that. But it looks smoother. And it looks more aesthetic. Um, obviously, you don't know how good it is until you have your hands on it. But just from a visual perspective, the combat looks really, really cool. It looks like, if handled properly, can be intuitive and lots of fun. Here's where my worry is. Here's one of the things about this trailer that actually worries me. I don't see a party. I, I, I didn't see our hero, who, I, if I'm not mistaken, whose name we don't even know yet. I didn't see him fighting alongside a party. He seemed to be a sort of lone wolf out here. Now, I don't know if that's just early footage and that's just how the game starts. Excuse me. But, I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna feel like a bit of a void, especially in a Final Fantasy game, if there's no party to go around. Now, look. Maybe that ends up really working. Maybe that ends up being really cool, just playing as one character. It allows them to kind of go all in on one fight style. Um... But I guess I'm a little disappointed because as someone who absolutely loved Final Fantasy VII Remake, I couldn't get enough of cycling between characters and playing as all these different combat styles. You had a shooter, you had a, uh, a heavy swordsman, you had a fighter, you had a mage. Like, it felt like you were playing a different game every time you tapped the D-pad. And I say that to its credit. It was smooth, intuitive, fun, creative, imaginative. It was everything I've been looking for in a combat system. And I want to give this game credit for not just saying, okay, let's just do that. That that works. People like that. Let's just, let's just do the same thing. And if I'm being honest, I probably wouldn't have minded if I saw a trailer and it looked like this was going to be seven remake style combat. I'd be pretty excited about it because that's some of the best combat I've ever played in a game. Just my opinion. Um, but this seems to be a solo adventure, a lone wolf style adventure. It looks like maybe at best you might have assistance in your party, maybe someone who travels with you and kind of works as a functioning AI, 
which is typically how those things have gone. That's kind of how 15 was. Um, but I almost wonder if they're going to go balls deep and just be a one man party throughout the whole game. Um, I have mixed feelings about that. I, I, I love games that have you play in a party. There's just something about that that feels cool. Um, even if they are just AIs and they're not controllable, say like in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, but I think it's it could potentially be a ballsy move. I want to see more of it and we'll see more of it as time goes on. Um, but it's a small concern. But it's a concern that might end up be, being a non-factor anyway because maybe the solo combat is really, really, really dope. Um, but yeah, those are just my quick thoughts on the combat. I'll say this. Um, the graphics look really good. I mean, I have to be honest, I haven't seen really anything that screams PS5 at me yet in terms of graphics. 16's no exception. The game looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. But it looks like it probably could have come out on a PS4. I don't know. Just kind of spitballing there. Um, but the art style looks really, really cool. Um... I wish we knew the main character's name because I think his design is really cool. It looks like we're mostly... It obviously looks like there's a time skip here because they they cho- they showed us a lot in terms of story. That's the thing about that trailer. It did unveil a lot about the story. Like, to just, ra- just to sum it up quick. So there's this kid, Joshua. And obviously, he's really important. He's like, I think they say he's the Archduke's son. Um, he's obviously some sort of future king or future ruler or future wise man. Essentially, it looks like Joshua here has a really important role to play in the future. And the character we play as is his protector. And it's your job, at least in the beginning of the game, to protect him. But then we see in the trailer that this kid kind of loses his mind when he watches... He watches somebody die in front of him, and that's the blood that gets splattered on his face. I don't know if that's just a guardian, or maybe it was his brother, father, whoever it was. It looked like it was a man. Um... But it looks like after he witnesses that, he kind of loses his mind and transforms into this, like, flaming phoenix. And from the flaming phoenix, he turns into this, like, like androgynous demon covered in flames. And now the main character flips, and now it's your job to kill Joshua. Now, I don't know if that's something that happens at, like, the end of the tutorial phase, or if that's something that happens at, like, the midpoint of the game. I hope it's not the midpoint of the game. Because that would really suck if they revealed, like, this plot's big twist to us off the bat, that Joshua's going to turn. I doubt it happens in the midpoint. I'm fairly certain this is going to happen in the beginning of the game. Now, I'm not crazy about the main hero's design until we have this time skip. When we skip to an older version of this hero, and he has, like, the beard and the scar, that looks awesome i know some people think it looks too similar to noctis i don't really think so i mean the hairstyle's way different the dude's face looks different i just think people see dark hair and you know everybody's looking for something to complain about so they just want to say oh it's an octus ripoff but i'm not seeing that uh i think his design is rather cool i mean there's nothing too i guess artsy about this A a lot of the characters really just look like normal people there's not too much of an art style applied here um although it does obviously have its sort of like anime roots or influence um but the story elements are rather cool i kind of like that trope you know if you commonly see something like that 
in stories, but I like this trope of we were supposed to protect this child, and now that he's turned, we've brought it upon ourselves to, to murder this murder this child. Um, from my standpoint, I'm seeing, and I could be wrong, but it looks like there's biblical influence here. The kid's name is Joshua, and uh, for those who don't know, it's believed that Jesus Christ's name, uh, before he was given the name Jesus Christ, his name was Yeshua, which is later turned into Joshua in modern times. So it looks like they kind of name him Joshua and they, they position him as this Christ fig, Christ-like figure, the savior figure. But I like that they kind of turned it on its head and it's actually the Joshua's the Antichrist. <laughs> I think there's some I think there's something cool about that. Cause when I first watched the trailer and they were like, oh, the kid's name is Joshua, I was like come on, like, that's just too on the nose. So he's like the, the prodigal son. He's the savior figure. And then halfway through that trailer, he's just this demon figure. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, you're going that direction. I can respect it. Um, It looks like it's going to be a pretty dark story, you know? Because it's not... I, you, you haven't seen a lot of blood in Final Fantasy games lately. Like, 15 was lacking it. 13 was lacking it. Uh, 7 Remake was lacking it. There were a lot of scenes in 7 Remake that I think would have been a lot better had they included blood. But I understand they don't want to bump up that ESRB rating. They want to keep it at T14 to have a wide audience, appeal to a wide audience. I like that 16 isn't playing that game. And again, this is someone who absolutely loved and adored Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I love that 16 is pulling no punches. And it's like, nah, we're going all in on that. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to be excited about, you know, you know, these, the people working on the, on the game, the director, Yoshi P and Hiroshi Takai, they, they, you know, they don't have the most impressive resumes when you look at it, but what stands out is that their best work has been of late. Like these are guys who are seemingly in their prime. And I think that's the coolest thing about this is that Square Enix took the guys who were on a freaking roll and they weren't just on a roll within the company. They were on a roll within the Final Fantasy series. So to me, this is everything that Final, the Final Fantasy series needs. I mean, it. let's be real. The series isn't struggling. 14 really sold. 15 really sold. 7 Remake really sold. It's not the sales where they've needed help. It's, how do we put it? 15 felt very conflicted, you know, because obviously it started as versus 13 and then they took that and retooled it into something else. So it didn't feel like a, a complete experience. It looked like it was trying to be a few things at once. You know, 13, you can feel the same about. This seems to be a game where they know what they're going after. These are two guys who have already killed it with 14. I think they can help give Final Fantasy an identity. Because let's be real, the series has an absolute identity crisis. You know, when you think of certain games, right? Like, perfect. Think of Dragon Quest and think of Kingdom Hearts. Those are two series where whenever they announce a sequel, there's a given thing about those series. Like with Dragon Quest, you know you're going to get a Toriyama art style. You know it's going to be in a fantasy setting. With Kingdom Hearts, you know it's basically going to be a, a, a shonen. You know you're going to have that super heavy anime influence. Um, 
But with Final Fantasy games, like, it's a mixed bag. Like, any Final Fantasy game can really be anything. You know? And the series since, I guess you could say since, really, man, when, when would this date back to? But for the longest time, Final Fantasy has committed to having that blend of serious and silly. Going back to that, that's something they've always committed to. But it's not something that's always worked, and it's nothing that Square Enix has, has, has a shortage of. Like, as we've gone over, they have plenty of series, including a running Final Fantasy series, that operates under that mechanic. Here, they can maybe make mainline Final Fantasies just dark, mature, and serious. Maybe that's the future of the series. Or maybe this is just a one-off, and in 17 they go back to being a little bit goofy. I don't know. But it seems to me like the mainline Final Fantasy series that's moving forward needs to identify itself in something. Needs to root itself in something. And what they need is a unanimous banger. Because again, while Final Fantasy VII Remake, for the most part, was very well received and loved by the fans who played it, 15, not so much. 13, not so much. And it's great that they were able to accomplish this with Seven Remake. But this is the mainline Final Fantasy. This is the series that's moving forward. They need this. They can't have 16 be another, well, it was a pretty good game. That's how I feel about 15 and 13. They're pretty good games. They're worth a play. Especially if you love these type of games. 15 and 13 are worth a play. But... I don't want to have to say that. If someone asks me, should I play Final Fantasy 15? I'm honest and I say, maybe. It's a good game, but there are better games. I want to be able to say to people, you have to play Final Fantasy 16. You have to play this game. It is incredible. The mainline Final Fantasies have been missing that. They really have. And I think, you know, I think there's a chance... That with 16, Final Fantasy can be at the forefront of JRPGs once again. And again, I know some people will say they've done that with 7, 7 Remake. And honestly, I agree. But that's a remake. That's going back to something that was done. They need momentum on new ideas. They need their new ideas to pan out. You know? They need 16 to be such a banger that people have faith for 17. Because there is a crisis of faith within the Final Fantasy community about these mainline entries. You know? six e e Even with this trailer that wowed us all and looked fantastic, there's still some skeptics out there who are nervous. And honestly, in one regard, I don't blame them. Because if I'm being honest, I don't think we see this game until 2023. I really don't. And I'll tell you why. One, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to double check, because I do have the video pulled up right here. Let me just play these last 10 seconds. If I'm not mistaken, there was no release date at all. Also, I find it fucking hilarious that it says PlayStation console exclusive. And at the very bottom with an asterisk, it says also available on PC. <laughs> Literally, it was just a shot at Xbox. Oh my God. But anyway, um, yeah, there's no release date here. Like, I'm not even talking about an exact release date. We don't even have a release year. You know, it didn't say coming 2021. It didn't say coming 2022. It didn't say coming 2023. So, 
I think the earliest we get this game is 2023. And I'll tell you why. If they haven't given you a release year, it's not coming out next year. We're not going to get this game in 2021. If we do, I'd be so happy to be wrong. Like, that's my thing. I don't want to motherfucking be right. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this game comes out in 2021. That would be remarkable. But I just don't see it, guys. I just don't see it. If they don't give you a year, it ain't happening the next year. But then you might say, well, what about 2022? Surely two years is enough time. They clearly have built out the assets and they have the combat mechanics. (sighs) Well, 2022 is the 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. And if you ask me, I don't think they're going to want the mainline Final Fantasy to compete with Kingdom Hearts. I just don't see that happening. Um, But actually, let me just double check something. When was the final... When did the first Final Fantasy game come out? Because maybe there's a little overlap there. I might just eat my words... But bear with me as I look this up real quick. Okay, 1987. Okay, so there's no real... Well, that would be Final Fantasy's 35th anniversary, if I'm reading this right. Yeah, December 18th, 1987. Okay, so 2022 would be the 35th anniversary. But you know what? That's probably when we might get the next 7 remake. I don't know. I'm spitballing here. All I'm saying is, we didn't get any semblance of a release date here. Okay, we saw a decent amount of story content, and we saw some gameplay, which are good signs that the game is well into its development. Um, But the lack of release date is alarming. We may not see this game for 3-5 to years. I don't know. I just don't see it next year. And it could, in theory, come in 2022. I just don't see it. I could be wrong. I just I think it's more likely we see the sequel to 7 remake in 2022. I don't think it's all that likely that we get the next mainline Final Fantasy in two years. I think we would have more to go around and more to see. And it's worth noting, with the state of the world in 2020, everything is moving along slower. Um, especially this kind of stuff. But, you know, after watching this trailer... I mean, they had some balls, by the way, to lead off with the Final Fantasy trailer. They had some balls to lead off with that trailer. I mean, they peaked for me. It was after it was all downhill from there. Not that I didn't enjoy everything after that, but that was the highlight of the event for me. But it looks remarkable. Just from an aesthetic standpoint and from how things just plain out look, it looks really good. I have high hopes for it. And as someone who enjoyed 15, I hope this is significantly better than 15. I hope that at the very least, it's on par with Final Fantasy VII Remake. High bar in terms of gameplay and everything else. But man, this is Final Fantasy. The bar has to be high. If this game isn't on Seven Remake's level, it should be seen as a little bit of a disappointment. And honestly, I don't think many people would disagree with that. And again, maybe Seven Remake is too high a bar. But for front. But for Final Fantasy, it shouldn't be, I guess is my point. So, to sum it up, this game could be everything Square Enix needs right now. And they're not struggling by any stretch of the imagination. But in terms of offering versatile experiences as a company, 
they're doing something different here. With the Final Fantasy series at the least, they're doing something different. But they're doing something different here. We're not going to get that blend of serious, mature, with lighthearted and goofy that we're used to. This one is tipped one side of the scale. And frankly, I welcome it. We've got enough. Look, as I I look, and maybe this is just me speaking from my own personal experience, because again, I'm knee deep into Kingdom Hearts and I'm knee deep into Final Fantasy VII Remake. So that blend of goofy and serious, I've got it. I got it covered. My palate is completely satisfied. I've got room for a game like this, is what I'm trying to say. And I feel like I'm not alone. I got room for a game like this. And Yoshi P is the hot hand. And Square Enix is playing the hot hand. And as a longtime fan of the series, as someone who grew up with the series, um, I'm hoping that now with 7 Remake out and that sequel coming out, that the 7 Remake sequel and, the, and Final Fantasy 16 can be at the forefront of action RPGs. Because that's where they've gone. At the forefront of action RPGs. Um, it's going to come down to the combat. I'll say that right now. Because 7 Remake, one of the things that made it so remarkable was the combat. Because that's that's mostly what you're doing. That's where most of the intuitiveness and the focus and the action and the actual act of playing, it mostly comes from the combat. You can love the story all you want. You can love the music all you want. You can love the graphics all you want. You can love the developers all you want. If the combat and the feel of the game is lacking, it's not going to cut it. Gotta hit it on all cylinders now. Gotta hit it on all cylinders. And honestly, I think they just might pull it off. Maybe I got a little too much faith in them. I don't know. But I think I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, the PlayStation event was fun. I'm going to be doing a podcast in a week or so um, in regards to that. Uh, next week's podcast is going to focus on Kingdom Hearts. I've got a really cool guest coming in. Not going to spoil who. But it's going to be a great one. Something to look forward to. And um, yeah, the week after that, I'm going to be having uh, another surprise guest on to talk about the update in the console wars. Because even though Sony might have crushed it with their library, they're pretty low on stock. But that's another conversation for another day. Again, another huge shout out to the Sages of the Lodge. You are all awesome. And to everybody else who has been subscribed and is following along, is listening and engaging, I love, I got nothing but love for each and every one of you. Keep doing what you do. I hope you and your family stay safe out there, and I will catch you on the next one.